empowered by the Constitution, strengthened by the Bill of Rights, the American citizen was bestowed with the power and responsibility of civic engagement. Today, your voice is needed now more than ever, yet barriers stand in the way. How to start, where to begin, it can be confusing and overwhelming. We're here to help you take that leap, breaking down those barriers, providing you with the tools and knowledge to take on civics undaunted. Today, I'm excited to welcome Kim Moffat to the show. Kim is the founder of We're the People, which is a voter rights nonprofit. She's a documentary filmmaker and a fellow podcast host of a daily news podcast called Here's What's Happening. She's passionate about voter turnout, voter education, pretty much anything voter related, and of course, Dawson's Creek. Suffice it to say, Kim embodies civic engagement and truly helps educate voters on what's going on in their local elections. Kim, welcome to Civics Undaunted. Thank you so much. Thank you for the Dawson's Creek shout out, as always. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I, I want to be known yeah. for two things, voting and Dawson's <laughs> Creek. <laughs> Those are great things to be known for as a child who grew up in the 90s. I know Dawson's Creek quite well. I wasn't an avid fan, but remember it very fondly. <laughs> I um, It was very formative for me as a kid, but now um, you mentioned it because I'm doing a Dawson's Creek rewatch podcast. Um, and so now as an adult, I'm going back and rewatching it. And it's very interesting to watch as an adult, the show that was so formative as a kid. And now um, your opinions change so much as you grow up and have life experiences. So it's been fun to rewatch it. Oh my God. I can't imagine. That's great. Um, well, besides the Dawson's Creek podcast, I want to give you just a little bit of opportunity to introduce yourself and tell you a little bit about your personal story and what brought you to being so involved with voter uh, engagement education. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for giving me the space to do it. Um, so I started a nonprofit called We're the People based on a documentary that I was shooting in 2013-14 uh, that was intended to be a documentary about Wendy Davis's gubernatorial race in Texas. Um, and your listeners may remember her as the woman, the state senator that stood up for 13 hours for reproductive rights uh, in Texas. She, based on that, um, started running for governor. I went out to Texas. Uh, I work in television as well. And my show that I was working on was on hiatus. So I put everything in storage, moved to Texas for the time that I was off of work and started working on this documentary. Unfortunately, um, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch the 2014 gubernatorial returns, uh, Wendy did not win her race. Um, big bummer for my documentary, significant bummer for the state of Texas because they have Greg Abbott now. Um, so I wanted to, I didn't feel like the documentary was done. I ended up kind of widening the lens of it and watching the 2016 election as well and, and working on that for the documentary. And then, um, spoiler alert, if you also haven't watched the 2016 returns come in, the person that I was rooting for also didn't win. So I wanted to look at voter turnout during my time in Texas and then during the time of making the documentary in the 2016 election. I learned a lot about voters and why they don't vote. The biggest reason is that there's no one size fits all reason. Everyone has their own reasons why they don't vote. But I felt like now was the time to try and increase voter turnout. And I thought that perhaps, based on my experience specifically in Texas, that I might have an idea on how to do it. Uh, so I went back to school, got a master's in political science, and started 
We're the People, formerly as a nonprofit. Um, we do a couple different types of programming, education being one of them, you know, civics education in this country, even prior to the last you know year of really seeing civics and history being um, excluded from classrooms. I mean, specifically laws being written to exclude that information from coming to the students. Um, but prior to that, you know, we, we don't have a great civics education in this country. So trying to build that out so that people can find this information easily. And then also a voter pledge so that uh, if you pledge to yourself that you are going to be a voter, we're going to work together, you and I, to make election day as easy as possible and help you hold yourself accountable and make sure that you actually cast that ballot. I really like that last quote, holding yourself accountable. That's, I think, an important piece to the voting experience, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many of us who are upset or unhappy with the status quo, but what what do we do about it, right? Yeah. Do we show up to and- vote or do we actually just say, oh, there's nothing I can do and then don't vote, which is the bare minimum. <laughs> Yeah. And and listen, like, don't let me talk you out of being upset about the way things are right now. Um, I'm an optimist, but also a realist. And, and I certainly, obviously, right now is a really hard time. These are um, trying times. These are disappointing times. But what I always like to say is, listen, democracy depends on you. It does not wait for you. It will not wait for you to fall in love with a candidate. It will not wait for you to fall in love with a specific law or to be so fired up about a law that you want to stand up and um, march and protest and call. Those things are very important. But if you're not feeling that fire in your belly and you want to step back and not vote, you're just giving somebody else twice the voting power. And that twice the voting power might be in direct opposition of what you care about. Absolutely. I think so much is decided by so few, especially when you look at, you know, yes, in presidentials, we have over 50% voter turnout, which in and of itself, not great. Yeah. I mean, we're still, that's the highest we get. And we're still, we rank very, very low in the world. It's not good. No. Um, in Connecticut, which is where I am a little bit more familiar, our voting turnout for municipal elections is 25%. So that means 12.6% of the people who show up are deciding who the mayors of the three biggest cities in the state are. Yeah. That's not that's not good. <laughs> we just had, I live in Los Angeles, and we just had a mayoral race out here that will now have to go to a runoff in November. But that mayoral race saw like a 17% turnout or something obscene like that. That's, that's, we are a huge county. We are a huge city. How many and it's confusing live? too, because LA, you know, we are big, but there are cities where people went to go vote thinking that they were going to vote on the mayor, but then they couldn't because they live in Burbank or um, Santa Monica or, you know, so places where the mayor is kind of their mayor, but not technically, so they can't actually vote on it. So it becomes a little bit confusing. That's fair to be confused. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't have all the answers. I'm constantly looking stuff up because I don't know. We're all learning. And that is part of why I started We're the People, because I want to know all this information. Not everybody is completely obsessed with voting like I am, and that's fair. Um, 
I think they're probably healthier than I am um, mentally and emotionally. So I, but that information is not always easy to find, even for someone who is hyper-focused on this topic. No, it really isn't. Like one of the biggest takeaways I've had from almost six years now really being active is I know enough to know where to look to find the information I don't know, which Mm -hmm. isn't a great, you know, beacon of hope for the person who doesn't know what they're looking for. Because, for example, in Connecticut, we are very much in love with the fact that each municipality has their own little special niche. So we have 169 town websites 169 potential vendors who do the website, design the website, what it looks like, what's included. Uh, the town I used to live in, all their PDF files of like budget documents were scanned PDFs. The town I'm in now, it's actual PDFs. So you can like search them to get to where you want in the hundred and something page document. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that stuff is all over the place. It's impossible to find information. Yeah. And it's impossible to find the information. And and that's great. You know, let each city, let each state, let let these areas have their own thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, let them have their own website, let them have what they want. But what makes it difficult is when the information is different in each city and state, when the rules are different. And specifically looking at voting, what makes it really hard is when if you suddenly moved to Alaska, your voting laws are going to be completely different. You're going to be cold also, but your voting laws are going to be completely different. And you don't necessarily, it's not like you put a down payment on a place in a different state and the state welcomes you with all of your new voter information. It's on you to make those changes to update your voter registration, to learn the new laws. Maybe you just came from North Dakota, which doesn't even require voter registration. They have no voter registration. Uh, And then, yeah, no voter registration in North Dakota. How does that work? Well, I, you know, one thing I know about North Dakota is that there's not a lot of people mm-hmm. in it. So um, you go to go vote and you have your ID. Maybe you need your ID. Maybe you don't. And they know you. Hey, that's my neighbor. Here's your ballot. Interesting. But let's say you live in North Dakota. You've never needed to register to vote. Uh, and then you moved to Texas which is one of the hardest states in the country to vote on purpose because they don't want people to vote. Right. Yeah. It's that information is hard to find. It's definitely something else and it shouldn't be this difficult. Like, I don't understand why people aren't more on board with just getting some uniformity. Well, they know because they don't, they want it to be complicated. Mm-hmm. Right. If they wanted your vote, they'd make it easier to vote. What they want is this small turnout. Mm -hmm. Because that's how you hold on to power. Yeah. Who needs a a voice of the many? Mm -hmm. When you keep keep power for yourself. And that explains some of the voter apathy, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of it. I mean, right now... It's hard to tell somebody that they are wrong to feel 
apathetic. I mean, I'll tell, I'll tell them anyway. But um, when you're seeing the people that are being voted into office not do the things that they that we want them to do, when we're seeing, you know, look at uh, gun laws. Mm-hmm. The majority of Americans want more restrictions for gun laws. But when you have money coming into politics, when you have Citizens United passing, and now we treat money as if it's a person and it gets to have free speech as well, um, those laws don't get passed because the money is funneling in. So if you are, if you care about more restrictions for gun laws and you're not seeing that come through, yeah, I, I can understand feeling like your vote doesn't matter. But it still does, right? Imagine if all those people who felt like their vote didn't matter, if they felt the opposite and turned out to vote, what that would look like if we started firing our representatives who are not doing the work that we want them to do, that we're asking them to do. Imagine what kind of country we could possibly have. It would be a country that is A, much more functioning, and B, that would have you know, in my view, a government that is much more representative of our views as a whole. You Mm -hmm. know, one of the things I frequently talk about with people is the fact that one of the other problems is not only do people not vote in the general elections where the actual power gets bestowed, the primaries are Mm -hmm. only voted on by the most ardent people which you know can be great if you're one of the ardent people and get some that you believe in elected but it means that the other candidates that perhaps are more representative of a larger swath of the electorate aren't ever given a real chance where they might win in the general but the candidate who Mm -hmm. won has no chance because they're too far on one side or the other because people don't know about primary elections. Yeah. They're at weird times, on weird days. It's not like every primary is, you know, the second Tuesday in August. It's May in some places, August, June, July, special elections, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, runoffs, all this. Mm-hmm. And it makes it harder, you know, because every state is, is voting on different days. We have um, like seven states voting on one day and one state voting on another day. And so how are you to, especially like I said, if you just moved, if you're not super plugged into this, if you have, you know, you're working, you have kids, you have other priorities. That's, it should not be that you need to be completely focused on politics and, you know, wake up each morning to immediately listen to the news or check Twitter or do whatever. I don't do those things. How, how, how dare you, frankly? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you don't need to be that kind of person that does that to know when your elections are. It should not be this hard to be on track with all this, which is what I'm trying to do with where the people is like, hey, you, I get that you have other priorities, other things you want to do. Let me just remind you that you have an election coming up. And let me remind you of all of your elections coming up. Hey, just a heads up. You have a school board election. As a reminder, this is what the school board does. Easy. So how do you go about coordinating that, you know, delivery of information? Is it just like a newsletter? No, it's um, emails or texts. You choose whatever is your preferred way of gathering the information. Um, our DMs are open as well. So you can always send a DM to We Are The People on Instagram, Twitter, 
uh, we're on Twitter. It's at we're the people org, but um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all we're the people. You can always send us a message. Um, we try to make it as easy as possible to get the information to you. So if your preferred method of communication is text, you're going to get a quick text. It's not spammy. There's no newsletter. Mm-hmm. It's for you. Hey, Patrick, when you registered, when you took the pledge to vote, you were at X address. If that's where you still are, here's an election that you have coming up. Do you, last time you voted, you voted absentee. Do you still want to vote absentee? So let's make sure that everything's up to date. Um, and then it's easy. That's great. No spammy, none of that. Because I get, I don't know about you, but right now I'm getting so many calls, so many texts, so many emails. Everybody wants my money. Everybody wants my time. Um, things I don't have a lot of. And uh, I mean, we'll take your money too. But the, the by signing up to pledge to vote, it's literally just you saying that you want to be a voter. We mm-hmm. want to help you. So we're not going to reach out to you a million times and, and ask for your money or anything like that. We want to uh, make election day as easy as possible for you and then celebrate that you did take that time for yourself and hold yourself accountable. Plus, we send you free stuff. Exactly. And that's always fun. We're all about, right? <laughs> yeah. Voting and free stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what could be better? <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And absolutely, there are too many spammy texts I get from places where I'm like, I don't even think that can be. What? When did this happen? I think there was... <laughs> Years ago, my a candidate came to my mother's door in rural Vermont and knocked and made their pitch. First time in their 20 years living there that any elected official had come on, knocked on her door. And my mom told me about it. I'm like, well, I'm going to s- support that candidate. And don't, from Connecticut, like, I think it was like $5. I just put like a little note, like, you're the first one to come to our door in 20 years of living in this day, good luck or something like that. I still get things from them like, every <laughs> once in a random while and they're running for a different office because they lost that election. <laughs> but I'm still on the their list. Oh. Yeah. And and that's that's fair. That's a campaign. Like you're gonna be on that list mm-hmm. until you tell them no. I get that. But um, you know, I'm not a candidate. This is not a campaign. This is just you and me working together for your election and we never ask you who you're voting for hey what party are you registered with mm-hmm. any of that um we just kind of let you know yeah hey here's an election coming up we're never going to at be an advocate for a candidate or a position but but that said i personally am very political i have things that i care about obviously i got into this following um a, I, because i was inspired by a woman who stood up for 13 hours for reproductive rights so, uh, of course, I have things that I'm passionate about. We as people should not be apolitical and nonpartisan. The nonprofit is. But that doesn't mean that that we are not, that I am not. I'm not asking you to be nonpartisan. I'm also not asking you to believe like I am. Obviously, every person in the world wishes that we would all, every single person, every other person would mm-hmm. believe like us, right? How much easier would that be? Um, that would be the best. Uh, but that's that's not the way the world works. That is fine. Being a grown-up means understanding that that is okay. Everyone has their own point of view. Um, sometimes that's very frustrating, right? Um, right now we're watching these hearings and it is incredibly frustrating to remember that not everybody believes just like you. That's what it is though. And you get to, every time there's an election, you get to try and make the world a little bit 
more aligned with what you want. Absolutely. I freaking love that. And I love the thought of we as individuals are not nonpartisan. I think too many people forget that and they try to be nonpartisan and kind of play the middle. And it's like, what do you stand for? What is, what is it that you are looking for? Right. And it, you know, as much as to your point, it'd be great if we all thought alike. I think there's also power in the tension to create something more durable. Otherwise we're just yo-yoing back and forth. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's where conversation helps and, and progress comes from, comes from, right? Because uh, if, if the idea is, hey, you and I want to have the best possible school atmosphere for our students, we want students to be super successful. Perhaps the way that you believe that students would be more successful is um, making the school year 18 days longer. I don't know, just pulling a number out. 18 days longer. I think the way to, to make students more successful is to eliminate homework. Fun fact, I actually do believe that. Um, those are two very different things, right? But if you and I can have a reasonable conversation and you can explain to me why you think 18 days added on to the school year helps, and I think eliminating homework helps, maybe we can figure out a way to work together. I think conversation is important. The reason that I always mention that um, we should not be nonpartisan is because we're the people is nonpartisan. And you can look at that and you can see that it, it truly is. I am also very easy to find online. Um, and I am very politically focused. I am very partisan and um, not shy about the things that I believe in. So I, I always like to remind people that like, yeah, I, I'm not ashamed of the things that I believe in. We shouldn't be ashamed of the things that we believe in if we actually truly mm. believe them. I actually believe the things that I believe in. I'm not ashamed of what I believe in. I don't want people to think, well, we can't trust we're the people because look at what Kim has online. I, you, you can. And that trust has to be earned. Um, so there is, you know, you, I, I would like people to um, come into we're the people, come into the voter pledge, um, understanding that I will be working to earn your trust. Um, but the organization is non nonpartisan. Absolutely. Because I think that we're going to talk a little bit too about the um, news podcast I do that is, ha- has a political slant to it. I'm not blind to that. Um, I think it's rooted in fact, but I'm not blind to the fact that I do add my own opinion to it as well. But um, those two things are not connected. We're the people and the news are not connected. Well, my news show are not connected. We're the people <laughs> pays attention to the news, <laughs> obviously. Of course, of course. Yeah, so let's, you know, I think that's a perfect segue into your other podcast endeavors. And let's start with here's what's happening and what sort of, you know, I haven't had the pleasure to to listen to any episodes yet. What kind of breakdown do they do as you said, daily news, correct? Yeah, um, it is a daily news show right now, just because um, I am very busy. It's just right now a weekly news show so it'll just be mostly mondays um until august august will be back into daily episodes coming out monday through friday um but it is yeah it's a will be eventually a daily news show that just gives you it's short like five to seven minutes just gives you the highlights a little bit of background into it kind of a reminder of oh hey here's where we got 
or how here's how we got to this piece of news. Um, here are the people that are involved in it. Just something easy that you can listen to on your mm-hmm. way into work. Starts out light. Uh, it was originally created because one of my best friends just sent me a text saying, I just want to find, I just want you to tell me the news. <laughs> I can't find that. I want something easy. I want something to listen to on my way into work. So I created the show for her so that she can listen to it on the way into work. So it starts out with something kind of fun. We give you the news. We end it with me telling you that I'm proud of you. And then you go about your day. That's fantastic. I think synthesizing the news and what's important is very, very tough. And is it mainly focused on national news or local to LA? Mix of both. National. 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 Gotcha. There's been yeah. no shortness of that. She lives in on the East Coast, so no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are many days where I'm like, well, I can't narrow down what I'm supposed to talk about. These episodes are supposed to be short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that's that's a struggle, especially with how quickly news breaks nowadays. And by the time you're recording yeah. the episode, some yeah. of the stuff you thought you talked about is no longer applicable. So that must be a challenge. Yeah, which I do. Yeah, I I will. There have been episodes where I've had to say, expect this to change in the morning. I will talk about that in tomorrow's Mm -hmm. episode Um, because things happen. News breaks all the time. It's very rude of the news. It should follow my schedule a little bit. It should have a little bit more care about me. But, you know, know, if the news wasn't so (laughs) selfish. That's the patriarchy, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's great. And I think that you have the two other podcasts, Dealer's Choice, what you want to touch on next, either My America or Dawson's Darlings, whichever makes you happier. (laughs) I think the exact right segue to go from voting to news is Dawson's (laughs) Darlings. No, no, no. Uh, My America is a, um, it's a conversation with my cousin who is more like a brother to me we're very close um we talk about topics he's he lives in michigan um we have different lives and it started after the january 6th insurrection Uh, we both just were mad and sad and didn't know really what to do and we decided, you know what would help the world <laughs> is just one more political podcast. Um, so we started this conversation thinking that we would perhaps have different points of view, um, but we're more aligned, I think, than we realized. And um, I, because he's not here to say otherwise, I will credit myself for that, <laughs> pulling him over to the liberal side. Um, no, we're, you know, so we have conversations about um, sometimes difficult topics, sometimes not. You know, we've talked about everything from lowering the voting age to 16 and what the merits of that would be to uh, abortion, healthcare, and gun rights. Uh, We have on guests who are sometimes politically aligned with us, sometimes not so much. And um, just looking at what the world looks like through their eyes. Hmm. Yeah, I think that is a really great way to kind of like, it's interesting to hear how both you and him have kind of 
congealed some views either that they were already there and weren't realized or just through conversation change. And then to bring in those other voices, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I know you, you made the joke that what would solve it is another political podcast, but at the same time, when it's an issue, this diverse and rich, you never know which piece of content is going to resonate with the right person to get them paying attention. So kudos to you for, for putting that out there and doing all these podcasts in different forms or it takes a lot of time and effort. So as someone who dragged their feet for two years before finally getting his off the ground. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I'm exhausted all the time, but we, we do it because it's fun, right? Exactly. Exactly. One of the things when I was looking on your website that made me smile was an essay you wrote called The Optimism of Leslie Nope. Oh. Which, of course, brings in Parks and Rec, which Michael mm-hmm. Shore is both a genius and a madman for doing what he does and creating <laughs> these very rich tapestries of philosophical comedic work which I don't understand how he does it. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. one of the things I noticed when I first started getting heavily involved in local politics, because that's really where my genesis was in 2017, 2018, is how well that show captures town council meetings and the stupid drama and the people who just keep talking in meetings. They hear their own voices like, you made your point 20 minutes ago. Sit down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I just think he captures it really well. And I would love to hear your thoughts on just the power and kind of influence that media like that can have on people to inspire them or perhaps not, or whatever your thoughts are on it. Oh, I, I mean, if we could do a 24 hour podcast on the ways in which Mike Schur has influenced me um, and the content that he has created and just the um, incredible uh, showrunner and person and writer that he he is, uh, that would not be enough. (laughs) I'm such a fan of his. Um, um, Let me make it less creepy than that. We'll do a 16 hour podcast. Um, and, And Parks and Rec specifically is such a important show to me and, and, you read the essay, so you know that that is a show that I've turned to many times as comfort. And studies have shown that specifically sitcoms, um, but shows in general that people know really well, actually help them help with mental health because you can turn it on and kind of just escape a little bit. Um, so yeah, I've I've watched Parks and Rec a lot and listening to Leslie Nope, and she is an eternal optimist, right? She loves. Pawnee so much, even though she was not technically born there um, because the hospital was overrun with raccoons at the time. Uh, But she loves Pawnee so much that when she hears a group of people yelling at her at a city council meeting, she just hears them caring loudly. Right? So the, the optimism of saying, you care about this in a different way than I care about this, but I want to wake up each day and make this better. I want to wake up each day and enrich our friendship. I want to wake up each day and make this office better. Uh, that is an optimism that we should all take a little bit to heart. And I and 
voting requires that optimism. It requires us to say, this moment does not continue on forever. I want to, whether it's a good moment or a bad moment, it is only a moment. And I want to make the next one excellent. I want to make the next generation excellent. I want to make my town excellent. So I'm going to do everything that I can for that. And that includes casting my ballot in every single election. Because I know that when I cast my ballot, and I cast it with my whole heart, and I know that I care about the things that are on that, because there is every single thing that you care about is on the ballot in every single election in some way. That's just a fact. There's no way around it, um, whether it's through propositions or candidates or any of that. It is on the ballot in some way, every single thing that you care about. And the optimism of saying, we lost this election, but this next election, we might get it back. Let's get out there. Let's cast our ballot. Let's not give up. That is not the easiest thing to do, but it is the most important thing that we do. We can tweet about the things that we care about. We should be vocal about the things that we care about. If you can and want to march, march about the things that you care about. Be respectful. Have conversations. But all of that has to tie into you casting your ballot in every single election, every single one of them. You know, speech this is not good for a podcast, so I'm going to talk, even though that was fantastic. Um, first off, your passion is freaking fire, and it's inspiring. So <laughs> You can blame Mike Sure for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Mike Sure. No, no. <laughs> I'm blaming you for everything. Um, I loved how you, everything on the ballot like i think too many people don't realize that and either they're a one issue voter oh they're not aligned with my issue or neither candidates i'm not gonna vote or it's like so many things that i don't think about that trickles down or in terms of local elections can trickle up right because you can get mm-hmm. you know i just the episode dropped today it was talking about how local focus can create big impact because you may not be able to get, you know, the green new deal. If you're a climate change advocate, you can probably get your town to get into some sort of solar panel agreement or incentive, right. That provides an incentive for people to get solar at a discount or for free with different nonprofits or, whatnot i think that's really powerful and too many people don't realize going back to 25 percent of people vote in municipal elections right but that's Mm, everything's on the ballot at every level everything's on the ballot yeah and if you're a single issue voter that's fine be a single issue voter but understand that that single issue presents itself in very different ways often It presents itself in the way that money is coming in. It presents itself in the judges that we are electing. It presents itself in the leaders that we are electing who may go on to um, write executive orders. So understand that if you are a single issue voter, that's that's fine. If that's what got you to the polls, but but don't misunderstand that that one single issue is 
going to be seen in a lot of different ways. Mm. That too is powerful. And even people on the, the same side of an issue can see things so differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, nothing is clear cut at all. <laughs> yeah. And then so so don't be afraid to have conversations. But, but have the conversation with the intent to listen and understand rather than change somebody's mind. Because if you go into a conversation thinking, I don't want to change my mind. There's a lot of things that I, I'm just not going to change my mind on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I say that, but the truth is, you know, as we learn and as we grow, I guess there are things that I, not, we should not be completely set in stone on every single thought. We should be open to um, learning and growing. But if there are things that you're thinking, I'm not going to change my mind in this conversation. In this moment, this is a, this is a steadfast belief. I'm not going to change my mind. Be aware that the other person probably has that same thought as well. So you go if you're going into and truly want to have a conversation, the con- the point of the conversation is not to change somebody's mind, but just to understand where they're at. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to change my mind on January 6th. I saw I saw the news footage. I'm watching the hearings. I am not going to change my mind on my beliefs. But what we know is that uh, somebody who believes opposite of me is probably not going to change their mind also right now. I wish they would because we're seeing facts and we should believe facts don't have feelings. They are the facts. Um, uh, Yeah. But being willing to have the conversation does two things. One, perhaps you can understand where they're coming from and make future conversations a little bit easier for both of you. I'm not asking you to agree because again, facts don't have feelings. So I'm never going to ask somebody to agree opposite of how they feel on January 6th. If they saw the news footage and um, believe their actual eyes, but you can perhaps make a future conversation easier and you're doing something that is also very important was just putting just a little bit more, good into the world, a little bit more understanding into the world, a little bit more love into the world. I know it sounds like very cheesy and I feel super cheesy saying it. Um, Like I'm sweating as I say it because, um, you know, (laughs) but these are things that we're in very short supply of right now, right? That we need to have more understanding that not of something that you don't believe in, but that other people are people, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, don't feel cheesy saying that one of my life mantras is the phrase be love. I've had it for, I don't know, 10 years or so now. And it definitely came from a more, you know, place of, you know, try to love everybody and showing that empathetic side. And then I got involved in you know, being more active and vocal about my views and what I believe in. And a mentor of mine reached out to me privately, but I had made a very fiery rant with a couple expletives about an issue I was passionate about. And, you know, he said, like, something along the lines of, you know, like, I know you're passionate about this, but, like, be careful what you say and how you say it. And I'm like, no, I'm saying it to fire people up and get them thinking about it because from a loving place, this needs to change. And Mm -hmm. the nice way is not, it's not registering. People are hearing and 
you know, nodding their heads and moving on. But when you jar them with my language, and I intentionally made it a jarring post, like, but that was still coming from a loving place. So it's not cheesy, and it can, it's not all lovey-dovey. You can come from a place of love and be very forceful and fierce in your defense of what you believe it to be right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, be, be passionate about the things that you care about. I'm incredibly passionate about the things that I care about. I could go on for hours and hours about the things that I care about. Um, I love bad words. (laughs) 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 Um, I use them all the time. Um, sometimes I'll be like, wow, I really coming in strong. These are not words I should be saying in this place, but okay. (laughs) Um, be passionate about the things that you care about, but do it in a way that encourages others to come over to you as well. Mm-hmm. Because if you are passionate about this, you want people to come over to you because that's how you make your change, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And I too have a trucker's mouth. So even though technically <laughs> I try to behave on these podcast episodes, I have them all marked as explicit because at one point I won't be. <laughs> So I want to be covered. <laughs> That's fair. The news podcast I do is the only one where I don't do any cursing. Everything else is just on its own. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Very nice. Um, so I want to talk about the culture of democracy summit. But before that, I totally lost over. I wanted to get a weird voting fun fact from you. So I'm going to harken back sure. to 20 minutes ago. And ask you for a voting fun fact. Okay. Fun fact. Well, North Dakota not having um, voter registration, that's always a fun fact. Um, fun fact. Um, <laughs> this isn't like a fun fact, but um, just something to say is that uh, voter IDs are poll taxes, are modern day poll taxes. <laughs> that's not a fun fact, but that's just something to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely agree. It is a fact. It's just not very fun. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. And now. Oh, you know what? I got a fun fact. All right. In Los Angeles, you can vote anywhere in the county. For your. Really? Where like. Yeah. So because in L.A., you know, I, I live in um, one part of the city. I'm not going to tell anybody where I live because that'd be weird. Uh, mm-hmm. But I work in a different part of the city. And because I um, usually work in television, our days are very, very long. And so um, while we do have three hours guaranteed to take time off to vote, a lot of people, um, th- we've kind of eliminated the need for that. You should take that if you need it. But you can on your lunch break. Go vote at the polling place. It's like right down the street. But also in California, we can, uh, we are all mailed our ballots. Mm -hmm. That is new. It started in the pandemic and that'll continue on, luckily, which is awesome. Um, But yeah, you can vote anywhere in the county and it'll still count for your voting area. See, there there you go. That is fun. Yeah. So for those (laughs) who don't know, LA is a very sprawling morass of different mini mm-hmm. cities within a bigger city my best friend lives yeah, out there it's... too so i'm well aware of the weird nature of it 
it's it's confusing because um, we have L.A. County, we also have L.A. City, and then within the city is a ton of different neighborhoods, and that's part of what I was mentioning with the mayoral race out here. It's like because we have so many cities, people often forget which um, or which neighborhood is part of L.A. and which cities are not a part of L.A., mm-hmm. which are neighborhoods and which are cities. So we have so many neighborhoods. Yeah. No, it's – yeah. They're, LA is bigger than most states in terms of population. Yeah, which that also brings up a question of we, our city has a higher population than some states. Our state has a higher population than multiple states combined. But sure, two senators. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. Okay. Our bicameral leg- legislature. That's a, that's a podcast for another day. Literally, I'm planning on doing yeah. stuff about Articles 1, 2, and 3 of the Constitution. Yeah. So I was stalking. Highly recommend. You should read um, Let the People Vote. Wait. Is it called? Hang on. Got it. Had to go check the bookshelf. Let the People Pick the President. Highly recommend that book. So Let the People Pick the President. Who's that by? Oh, you put it back. I'm sorry. Jesse Wegman. Jesse Wegman. Yeah. Awesome. I did not realize and see you put it back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Make you run around okay. in the apartment. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so first off, I love book recommendations. I try to read about 50 books a year. So I'm, yeah, I'm Good way behind ya. schedule this year, but <laughs> um, I was stalking your Instagram a little bit. And saw that there was a cultural democracy summit and Mm -hmm. it made it sound like you were involved or somewhat. So I just wanted to ask about it because it drew my attention because summit and democracy, I'm all in. It was very cool. To be clear, it was not involved, was just in the audience. Okay. Um, But it was just a a complete day, 10 hours. It was a three day event. Uh, So I was only there for the third day and it was just 10 hours of listening to people talk about the ways that voting and democracy enter our lives through different avenues. Mm. Um, So we had, they had people from the NBA and WNBA up there talking about the way that democracy and sports line up. Also um, they talked about Brittany Griner as we all should be talking about Brittany Griner and um, hoping that she, you know, comes home soon. We should be doing more to get her home, but uh, I'm not the president, so I can't do anything about that. But we should all be talking about Brittany Griner. Uh, they talked about the way that it comes into our lives in television and film. They talked about where we're at with reproductive rights. They talked about where we're at. Nicole Hannah-Jones was there to talk about myths and disinformation. Uh, it was an incredible day. And then it all ended with Michelle Obama coming out and speaking for about half an hour on the power of our voices. I'm, I, I'll never recover. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I was so close to her. Uh, the power of our voices and how important our vote is and everything. So incredible, incredible day. Yeah. That sounds like an awesome event and I'm going to have to keep an eye yeah. on it to go next yeah. time. Or Yeah. They're time. trying to do it every year. This was the first time they're trying to do it every year. So Okay. Awesome. I'll have to put that on my slowly growing long list of summits, conferences, events I want to go to that I can't afford. It was cool. It was put on by When We All Vote, so. 
mm-hmm. which is why Michelle was there. But yeah, it was uh, incredible. Very Fantastic. inspiring. I'm ready. Good. Yeah. We need more people ready. <laughs> <laughs> so final question for you is, what is one thing a listener can do today to become a more active and engaged voter? Pledge to vote at we're the people.org slash voter pledge. <laughs> um, make sure your voter registration is updated. Make sure that you are registered to vote. Um, if you are registered to vote, you can take the pledge at we're the people.org slash voter pledge. You can also be a buddy. You can make sure that your friends are also going to take the pledge and be a voter on election day. Um, you can do that at we're the people.org as well. But that's the biggest way is to, if you're not sure, I don't know if I want to vote this year. Okay, I'm not going to tell you how to feel, but I want you to take a moment and dig a little bit deeper than I'm not sure if I want to vote this year and think about something that you truly care about. There is something. All of us are motivated by different things. There is something inside of you that lights you up, that wakes you up each morning. It is your your fire. It is your focus. It is the thing that you love. That's on the ballot this year in some avenue. And if you're not sure how, reach out to us. Send us an email. Send us a DM. Send, you know, you can text it. All the information is on the website. And we'll help you find the thing that you care about in a way that it is directly correlated to your ballot. We're not going to tell you how to feel about it. We're going to help you understand that it is on your ballot. There is something that you care about so strongly that you would do whatever it took to make sure that things change or stay the same for this thing that you love, that you care about so passionately. I promise you it is on the ballot this year. Find it. Find what lights you up. Find your passion. Find your voice for it. And use that voice at the polling place. Your voice is your vote. Do not let anybody tell you otherwise. Do not let anybody tell you that your vote doesn't matter. If you're, if somebody's telling you that their vote does, your vote doesn't matter, don't listen to them. Be suspicious of them. Kim, once again, leaving me speechless. I think that's a great place to end it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Everybody go to wherethepeople.org, learn more about Kim, take the pledge to vote because your vote does matter as Kim just explained so brilliantly. So thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Civics Undaunted Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you please head on over to podchaser.com and leave a rating or review? These ratings make a big difference and really help get our podcast noticed. So it would be much appreciated if you could go on over there. Civics Undaunted is a production of the Civics Institute, and it is produced and edited by Katie Kacharski please visit www.thecivicsinstitute.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.